Acts chapter number 5. Acts chapter number 5. We're going to be studying here. And uh, these couple verses here, six or seven verses, we'll read together. And uh, we see in this text, uh, it's just the response to the persecutors, if you will. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to go over these verses here. But I just, again, it's, it's Peter's response. I know Peter kind of leads the charge here. but um, So as we look at this this morning, I just want to give you just a couple thoughts uh, regarding this. Acts 5. And if you have your Bible, let's go ahead and stand if we can. And let's read together verses 26 all the way down to verse number 32. The Bible says in verse number 26, I know it's kind of the verses we read last week, but we'll kind of tie them in with this week's uh, message as well. Acts chapter 5, uh, let's begin reading. The Bible says, Then went the captain uh, with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they uh, should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine, and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter said, and then, I'm sorry, then, and then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for, the, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Verse 33 and when they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. And that'll be next week. We'll get into that, uh, verse number 33 and on. But as we look at this this morning, what can we gather from these verses? I'm going to do my best to give you what I feel like the Lord's given me. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this morning. I pray that your will would be done. I pray that everything I'd say would be exactly what you want to be said. Lord, remove any thoughts or, or words that I should not say this morning. Lord, I pray that your hand would be about everything that's said and done. I thank you for the great singing we've had, and, and Lord, it's been a blessing. Sweet spirit this morning, I, I really truly believe. I thank you for your precious name. I thank you for the risen Savior. But Lord, I pray that you'd meet with us to, this morning, right now. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You guys may be seated. Thank you so much for standing. In verse number 26, let's make our way through there. The Bible says that this, this, this group of people, these, uh, these uh, religious folks, they, they came, uh, they went with the captain, with the officers, and brought them without violence, which means that they didn't take Peter and the apostles with violence uh, because they were afraid of being stoned. In verse number 26, they feared the people. And they, they, why they didn't bring violence with them, why they didn't do more to the apostles was simply they were afraid of them uh, being handled or being stoned with these people. Uh, they, uh, this is why they arrested them without violence. They did not 
simply want to be stoned. But if you look here in verse number 27, they make a statement in verse 27 that is, one, it's kind of astounding to me that they would make this statement, but then I will kind of go into that. But verse number 27, the Bible says, and when they brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest and asked them. So here we are. Think about this for just a moment. So here they've got the apostles gathered around. Uh, if you will, they're, they're before this group of people. The high priests are there. The religious folks are there. And they're all looking at the apostles uh, because of what they had done. And in verse number 28, the Bible says, And saying to them, Did not we straightly command that ye should not teach in this name? Now, so let's back up for just a second. Whose name are we talking about? That's the name of Jesus. They did not want Peter and John and the apostles to preach in the name of Jesus. Uh, You can preach in the name of anybody else, but don't you dare preach in the name of Jesus. And so here we are. Did we not straightly command you, did we not tell you face to face that you should not preach in the name of Jesus? I want you to, for just an instant, put yourself in the apostles' shoes. Okay? Pretend for just a moment that you're standing before the high crowd, the the religious high priest and the religious crowd of today, and they look you square in the eye and they tell you, did we not tell you not to preach in Jesus' name? Now, you think, you say, what do you mean by that? Now, I want you to say, what is your response? What would your response be if the religious crowd, if the crowd uh, to do would tell you, don't you dare speak about Jesus. Don't you dare go home and talk about him at home. Don't you dare uh, read your Bible. Don't speak in the name of Jesus. In the Old Testament, there was a a preacher, uh, an Old Testament prophet named Daniel. There came a judgment. He was important to the king. He held a high, high position, and people didn't like him. And so uh, they knew that he was a Christian. They knew that he did not worship the idol that they worshiped. And so uh, you can find this story in the book of Daniel. And what happened was, as they gathered around, they got this law together to make it against the law to pray to God. And so Daniel, he was in Babylon at the time, and so he was out there, and they made the law that he couldn't pray. It was against the law for him to pray to God. And what Daniel did? The Bible says three times a day he went into his house and opened the doors and opened the windows and prayed to God. Because the government told him he couldn't do it. Because the religious people said, Hey, did we not tell you? that you cannot preach in the name of Jesus? That's exactly what was taking place at this moment. Understand that choosing to preach in the name of Jesus could bring some things. Today, in America, you preach in the name of Jesus, you might receive some hate from people. But ultimately, you're not going to get stoned. They're not going to hang you. They're not going to hang you on a cross. They're not going to chop off your head. They're not going to tar and feather you. They're not going to beat you to a pulp. They're not going to do that. (coughs) But, but, 
there have been Christians like these guys in Acts chapter 5. They knew there was a possibility. If they said, we'll preach in Jesus' name, they would face consequences that they might even lose their life. The 12 apostles, I I don't know, I cannot tell you with with certainty how each of them died, but I do know without doing some more study, because I have studied it in the past, but I can't remember exactly how each one of them died. But uh, most of them were died a martyr's death, which means that someone killed them for preaching Jesus. One of them was drugged behind horseback until there was nothing left to drag. One of them was beheaded. Some of them were tarred and feathered and lit on fire. Some of them were hung upside down on a cross. Some of them were crucified like Jesus was crucified for preaching Jesus. This is the severity of this statement right here. Now, yeah, well, you're not going to preach in Jesus' name? Yeah, sure. I'm going to preach in Jesus' name. But we understand the severity of Peter's answer. What was Peter choosing by answering the way that he did? Peter's answer caused what takes place in Peter's life. Peter died on the cross. And he said that he did not feel worthy enough to be hung like Jesus, so hang me upside down. And he died for preaching Jesus, for making a stand that he makes against the high priest and the religious crowd. Because they wanted to kill him for his faith. For preaching in the name of Jesus. This was the severity. This, how, how true it was that, that Peter was about to die or was to make a stand that would cause eventually for him to lose his life. Because these people make a statement in verse number 28, really they did not have the authority to make that statement. This was just the religious crowd. It wasn't like this was the, uh, this was, uh, the rule. This wasn't the king This was the religious crowd. In my opinion, it's arrogance for them to make a statement like this. Don't you dare preach in Jesus no more. And they were not ultimately the authority. Verse number 28, the Bible also says in that verse, he says, and then you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Who killed Jesus. They're worried about the blood of Jesus being on their hands. Listen, (coughs) you should have thought about that before you hung Him on the cross. You should have thought about it before you had sent out a reward basically to find Jesus. You should have thought about that. They did not want the blood of Jesus on their hands, but yet they were responsible for for Jesus' death. You say, well, ultimately, I I am. My sin was what nailed him there. Understand that, okay? But ultimately, these Jews chose to take Jesus and crucify him, and they did not want his blood on their hands. Why? If Jesus was insignificant, if Jesus wasn't the Son of God, if Jesus wasn't who he said he was, then why does it matter if his blood is on their hands? That's 
Because they weren't concerned about the two other thieves that they crucified on that same day. They were not concerned about anybody else that they had put to death by the way of crucifixion. They only were worried about the name of Jesus' Jesus's blood being on their hands. Because they understood who Jesus was and they did not want to accept who Jesus was. Because of what their religion had told them. I want to tell you, there's going to be religious people in hell. Because they don't believe in Jesus. Because yeah. right. religion won't get you there. We have come a long way to think that religion is going to get me there. It won't. We'll get there. I'll preach that message in just a minute when we get to Peter's response. But the, the thing about it is, is Peter's response never changed. We've been talking about Peter in this chapter and these chapters. Peter's response has always been the same. It's Peter's response has always been the same. Verse number 29, he says, We ought to obey God rather than man. What does that mean? What does that mean? What does it mean that we ought to obey God rather than man? That means, that means man is insignificant. That means, that simply means this. You cannot tell me to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. That's what that means. There's no government. There's no law. There's no rule that will get me to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. When I see that statement, that's what I read. Peter looks at those men with, the, with his life on the line, with understanding that his statement could draw his last breath, throw him into jail, and he looks them in square in the eye. He says, I have to obey God rather than you. Is it that real to us this morning? Is who we are as Christians that real to us? That we would be willing to look the government, look the high priest, look the religious crowd in the face and tell them, go ahead, I'm still going to preach in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how far, how much you stand against me. I'm not going to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Would we make that statement today? If our life was on the line? Is it that real to us? It was to Peter. Obey God. Easily he could have said, okay. Okay. (coughs) But honestly, he put a big target on his back by him saying, well, I'm going to obey God rather than man. He did. Because he could have said, okay, I'll go along with it and went behind their back and still preached the gospel and tried to hide and tried to do that. But he openly out, out in the front and said, nope, I'm not going to stop. Right. He made that message that he's been preaching, that message that Christ wants us to preach of what of the utmost importance. Do you know what our church has never need to stop preaching? Jesus. 
It doesn't matter if people come against us. It doesn't matter if no one else is preaching it. It doesn't matter if everyone else is preaching it. We still have to preach Jesus from here. And for look, and I will say this, established in 1959, thank God there's been preachers who stood in the pulpit at Mid-County Baptist Church who never stopped preaching Jesus is the only way to heaven because had it not been for men of God who stood on the Bible we would not be where we are today I am going to tell you I'm thankful for the heritage of Mid-County Baptist Church may we always be and may we always stay about Jesus Peter says wait a minute stop the presses you're not going to stop me from preaching Jesus You're not going to. May I say to the world, you can't stop it. They've tried to suppress it. They've tried to stop it. They've tried to keep it out. It doesn't, it doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't work. <coughs> Peter's message is important, but Peter's message is still important today. Yes. You say, what message is that? Number one, now to the message. The sermon, if you will, number one. That's the death. You say, what do you mean? Verse number 30. Peter and the other apostles. Peter kind of gets the credit for it, I guess, because he's the loud mouth, right, Brother Pete? Uh, uh-huh. uh, he he kind of gets the credit for what takes place here. But Peter wasn't the only one who was saying this. The Bible says in verse number 30, he said the God of our fathers raised up Jesus whom ye slew and hanged on a tree. Let me tell you something. Hey, the message is still true today. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. It was our sins that nailed him on the cross. It was your sin that nailed him on the cross. It was my sin that nailed him there. Listen, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that message is still true today. It will be true tomorrow. It will be true a thousand years from now. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. There was no other purpose than Jesus coming to this earth other than to die on the cross and pay the penalty for your sin. Yes. That message is still true. His death. Nobody would be saved today like we're saved today without the cross. That's right. Praise you, brother. Come on. You know what? People say that, man, I don't like those old hymns about the cross, about the blood. Without the cross. And without the blood, there would be no salvation. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And he took my sins of my past and the sins of my present and the sins of my future and paid for it on the cross. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain. So I'll cherish that old rugged cross till the day I die. I want to sing this song. I'll cherish the old rugged cross. This this song talks about how true the cross is and how sure the cross is. Don't fade away. Don't forget what Jesus did for you 
on the cross. He did that for me, and he did that for you. His death. Peter says, wait a minute, guys. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, you're not going to stop me preaching about Jesus, but let me tell you the message again. Number one is the death. Number two is the resurrection. The Bible says in verse number 30, the Bible says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Who raised him up? God. God. Romans 10.9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. God raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is alive. His tomb is empty. Without the resurrection, without Jesus rising from the dead, we understand that his death would be in vain. Do we understand that? We understand that if Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect sinless life, died on the cross for our sins, and never resurrected from the grave, it'd all be null and void. It wouldn't matter that he died on the cross as much as anybody else. Right. Why is that resurrection so important? Because when Jesus resurrected from the dead, the Bible says that when he died on the cross, he took our sins. He became sin for me. He became ugly, ugly, wicked sin for me. And when Jesus died on that cross, he took my sins, the whole world's sins, upon him. And he died. But rising from the dead meant that he conquered Sin. Sin could not hold him down. The Bible says, it is appointed unto man once to die. And after this is the judgment. Every single person in this room, you will die. I'm going to die because of sin. Jesus died because of sin. Not his. Not his sin. But when Jesus resurrected from the dead, he conquered that sin. Amen. And it made that me. I don't have to pay for my sin. You know, there's many religions, there's many people that say you have to pay so much to go to heaven and pay your penance. And I've heard it. I've heard it from all different directions. I've heard it from many different religions. You have to do this, 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 this to pay for your sin. Jesus died on the cross for our sin. Every bit of it. It would be pointless for Jesus to die on the cross for my sin, and I still have to get baptized to go to heaven. Right. Right? And I still have to do good works to go to heaven. It's not because my good works didn't die on the cross, my baptism didn't die on the cross. It was Jesus who took my sin, all of our sin, died on the cross and resurrected from the grave. You can go to his tomb. You can go to his tomb today. No one else, no one else was ever buried in that tomb. His tomb is empty. And they've marked that place. And they've said that place is empty. 
I've never been there, but I've seen pictures of it. You've been there. You've been to the garden tomb. It's empty. It's no, not, not, not anybody there. There is no resurrection. There is no forgiveness of sins like they are today. Right. He died, resurrected from the grave. And that, that, you say, what does that mean? Listen, Peter's message is still true. It's still the death. It's still the resurrection that saves the lost. Yeah. There's nothing else. Nothing else. He was able to take the guy beside him to heaven because of his sin, because of him taking the sin on, our, on, our, on, our, on himself. Jesus died. Jesus resurrected from the grave. But not only that, but Peter wasn't done. Peter said in verse number 31, he said, Whom him hath God exalted with his right hand. Do you know where Jesus is at? On the right hand of God. That's where Jesus is sitting at. Do you know who's exalted, whose name will be exalted above every name? Do you know at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? To me, it's hard to grasp that everybody who's ever lived and everybody who will ever live will stand before God and that name Jesus will be called, and they will bow the knee. Those who are in heaven, uh, those who, are, who don't believe, those who say, I ain't going to believe, will bow the knee to Jesus Christ, the name which is above every name, that name which is exalted. Peter said, don't you dare forget. He needs to be exalted. And God didn't forget. Set him at the right hand of God. He's exalted. <coughs> And he says this in that verse, that he's the Savior. What does that mean? That means that he came and put his, the sin of all the world on him so that we could be saved. So he could be our Savior. This world wants somebody to save them. People want people to save them. Want them to save them from their heartache. Want them to save them from this. Jesus is the only one that can save you today. He's the only one that could save people a thousand years ago. He's the only one that can save people a thousand years from today. Jesus is the only one that can save. The Bible says my righteousness is as filthy rags. If I'm trying to go to heaven because I'm good, I'm not going to get there. Exalt means to elevate in power and wealth and rank. Bible says in verse number 31 that he's the prince. To be a prince and a savior. Only Jesus can save from sins. Verse number 32, and I'm done. The Bible says in verse 32, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost. What does this mean? This means simply Peter and the apostles were witnesses of what took place. If we were standing out in the yard today and there was a wreck that took place, a very vicious wreck, the cops would come and they'd want to get statements from every witness and they'd want to know what you saw. Peter makes a statement here that he is a witness What does that mean that he's a witness? Something he 
saw. He saw Jesus be who He was. He understood what Jesus went through. He saw Him at the cross. He saw Him on the cross. He saw His resurrected form. He saw Jesus leave. He saw those things. Peter said, I'm not just telling you because my mama told me. I'm telling you because I've witnessed it for myself. There come a day in your life when you had to witness it for yourself. It's not about mama. It's not about what you were taught. It's not about, it's not about religion. It's about what you've witnessed. God's witnessed in your heart. God's told, hey, you need to accept me. Hey, he's drawing you to him. And then you can witness for yourself what God has done for you. Peter says, wait a minute. I am a witness. I've seen it. I watched it take place. I heard it. That's right. He saw all those things with his eyes. And he was a witness. Now let me ask you, I'm done. What have you seen? What have you saw God do? Maybe God's answering prayer in your life right now and you are a witness of something that God is doing. Maybe you say, I'm not seeing that right now. Well, you just hang on, keep praying, keep asking, and God, God will come through in His time. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. I thank you for this morning. I pray.